This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to visit with someone who's done brilliant work on sort of the state of rural hospitals in the United States and some of the great challenges facing rural hospitals. We're joined today by Steve Gruber, who's done a deep research piece and I think a documentary about rural hospitals. Steve, can you take a second to introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little bit about the study you did of rural hospitals and the situation in America? Well, Scott, first of all, thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. It, it. It's an important story that that I just don't think a lot of people are aware of. I mean, let's be straight up about this. And you know this, of course, in, in your work in healthcare. If you don't work at the hospital or you don't know somebody who works at the hospital or whatever, when do you think about the hospital when you need it? And the problem is a lot of people are waking up and realizing the hospital that they counted on their whole life isn't there anymore. 200 hospitals, give or take, over the last few years have gone dark. They're not there anymore, which means emergency services leave, you know, diagnostic services leave, jobs leave, and oftentimes the heartbeat of a community leaves as well. That's what I learned. And I got down this road talking to a friend of mine, J.J. Hodshire, who's the president of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan. And he told me, oh, been two or three years ago now, that he was running lean on his employees before the pandemic. And then the pandemic came and, and the number of employees he had dwindled because some people didn't want to take the shots that were mandatory for the hospitals to get reimbursement from the government, from CMS, of course. Um, so he got me to looking at this, Scott, and then we headed out across the country. We went to three different cities, different sizes, Maslin, Ohio. It's about 35,000 people. It had two hospitals a dozen years ago. It has none today. Kennett, Missouri, a town of about 12,000 people lost its hospital in 2018. And then Ducktown, Tennessee, uh, the Copper Basin Medical Center, Ducktown's as small as it sounds. It served an area of Tennessee, kind of where Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina come together to give you a geographical range there. But every one of these hospitals closed, leaving a void. I mean, for I, one of the people on the documentary on the Epic Times Flatline, you can find it, by the way, flatlinefilm.com if you've not seen it, called the closing of the community hospital in Maslin like a death in the family because he was a judge in the community. He had grown up there. His mother was a candy striper there. His kids were born there. People in the community would go there to die with dignity because they knew the people. They knew the staff. They had been there for decades. And in fact, it was the steelworkers of Maslin, Ohio, that would take $2 out of their paycheck in the 1940s and 50s when $2 meant something. And out of every paycheck, they, they took money out for, for years and years to pay for the hospital that then was stripped away from him by some some court rulings. I won't get into those weeds, but it, it, he could describe it as a death in the family, Scott. And I think for a lot of people, when they lose their hospital, that's exactly what it is. And, and, and talk to us for a second, Steve. You have some radio stations. You've had a, a tremendous array of guests on your shows, like President Trump, Steve Forbes, a whole host of Ted Nugent, a whole host of fascinating people. How did you get so interested in this issue because you spent, I've talked to you a couple times on this now, you spent a tremendous amount of time on this issue, and, and you're right. Maslin, Ohio, known for football, amongst other things, 
will will survive because there's probably another hospital in the Maslin area, but a place like Ducktown, this is it. And then people have to go a long place for care. Talk about what that, talk about how you got into this and what it means to a community and, and what it means sort of the, the dying of a community when there's no longer healthcare in the community. Can you talk about well, that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I got interested just because I found it, you know, fascinating. It's, it's a, it is a healthcare crisis that nobody knows is going on. We've had 200 hospitals closed in the last 15 years. We've got 600 hospitals or more that have financial stress today, some more than others. 200 of those hospitals, 200 of those 600, any one of those could close today. It would be no surprise. Several, a number of hospitals have closed in 2023. Others will close in early 2024. It's happening everywhere. And the other thing that we found along the way, Scott, is that ambulance service is going bankrupt just as fast, it seems. A, a dozen in the last uh, 12 or 14 months in the state of New York, for example, a dozen ambulance services. The hospital doesn't matter much if you've been in a car accident, if you can't get a ride there in the first place. And, and so what's happening is ambulance coverage is getting thinner and thinner. Yeah, they might have an ambulance coverage, quote unquote, in your area. But if you're having a heart attack, that ambulance might be 15 minutes away. What good is a, an ambulance 15 minutes away if you're having a heart attack or if you've been in a bad car accident? That 15 minutes could cost you your life. In fact, one of the people we talked to in Kennett, Missouri, her husband, and she worked at the hospital, so she got double whammied here. Her husband had a heart attack in 2014, 15, somewhere in there. They got him over to the hospital, stabilized him. He was fine. He went home. He had another heart attack a few weeks after the hospital closed. The next hospital down the line was 45 minutes away. He didn't make it. And she says, look, there's, there's no question in my mind. If this hospital had been here with an emergency room available, he would have lived. You mentioned Ducktown. The next hospital available for Ducktown isn't terribly far away, but it's in Georgia. So none of their insurance is any good. Those people living in Tennessee have to go to Georgia if there's a real emergency or there's an issue. And here's something else you find along the way. Labor and delivery is one of the first things a lot of these hospitals cut. They, they cut things that are expensive and, and, and are put pressure on their bottom line. So a lot of these places don't deliver babies anymore. So if you're in Ducktown or Kennett, you might have to go even farther than the nearest hospital because the nearest hospital might not provide the services that you need. This is remarkable. So then, it's, and it's not just, we talk about the emergency room live. It's not just that. It's diagnostics, like I said, which, as you know, is the financial lifeblood of a hospital. Mammograms and colonoscopies and all these things that people do, cancer uh, screenings and so forth. That's the lifeblood of a hospital. Well, if those aren't happening, that really cripples the hospital. And here's what happens with people in, I'll use Kennett, Missouri as an example. When the hospital was right there, people would go get their their diagnostics, they'd get that mammogram done, they'd get screened for cancer, whatever it might be, because it took them an hour, maybe they do it during the lunch hour. Now the nearest hospital is 45 minutes or an hour drive away. Now they're not getting those screenings because, you know, the kids are home, the kid's sick, I don't want to take a half a day or a whole day off from work to go all the way down the road to get to the next hospital, right? So they don't do it at all. And so what happens? The incidence of cancer goes up, the incidence of, of disease goes up. So what happens when these hospitals leave? <laughs> Life expectancy goes yeah. down. Crime goes up. Unemployment goes up. Life expectancy goes down. That's something we found. Just It's just a fact, Scott. A hundred percent. And what happens is they find all these things if they're not screening later and later stage, and it's much harder exactly. to improve or cure or try and put things into remission when they're found later. Talk for a moment, Steve. Nursing homes as well. I mean, there's two things that I'll just sort of – dive into quickly. First, there's an uptick this past year, 2023, in the amount of hospital closures. 21, 22, there's a lot of government funding. 
23, there's an uptick in hospital closures. There's also been a tremendous amount of closures of nursing homes, and that's a problem because hospitals don't have places to, to discharge patients to as well. So let me ask you a question. Any comments on the uptick in bankruptcies on nursing homes? Did you find any of that in your in your travels? And then, you know, again, tell people where they could find flatline.com. But, but also, tell us, what can we do about this? What could be done about this? Well, here's the problem. Um, I, I don't know how much can be done about this because there, there's a variety of people involved. The government, bad governance. Uh, we heard that time and again. Back in the 80s and 90s, they told us that the reimbursement rates were reasonable. Not great, but reasonable. And you would get that money turned around and back to the hospital or the healthcare provider in 30 days or so. Today, I talked to the former CEO at Community Hospital there in Maslin, and she said when she left in 2018, they had dedicated an entire department, bodies and resources, an entire department, numerous people, to try to get the money, to try to claw the money back that the government owed you, and the reimbursement rates get smaller and smaller. In Ducktown, Tennessee, the mayor of that town said when, when an indigent person would walk through the door of the emergency room, the reimbursement rate was $15. He said, I can't pay a nurse $15 for 15 minutes of her time. It, it doesn't, the math doesn't work, so you got that. Then you've got these big hospital groups that would come in in, in Kennett, Missouri. This is what happened here. It was bought with another group of hospitals. They said, well... Even though the Kennett, Missouri Hospital made $5 million, was in the black $5 million the last year it was in operation, it wasn't enough. They said, well, we'll close that one out. We'll make the other hospitals more profitable because all these people will go to these other hospitals, which they have not done. It doesn't happen. So you've got the government. You've got big big business and these conglomerations of big healthcare systems. And then you've got the insurance companies that have their series of problems. I mean, there's there's a there's a plethora of issues that put financial pressure on these hospitals. And the more remote these hospitals are, the more rural these hospitals are, the more vulnerable these hospitals appear to be. I mean, like 100%. And you, when you talk about the sort of reimbursement, the preauthorization fights, the challenges of getting paid just makes it incredibly difficult, the challenges of staffing and so forth and so on. Steve, you've got this wonderful, wonderful depth of knowledge on so many issues. Where can people learn more about your radio stations, about Steve Groover, about this, about this itself, flatline.com? It's flatlinefilm. Flatlinefilm.com. That's okay. Flatlinefilm.com. They can also find stevegruber.com. Look, I'm on the air five hours a day. We're on 35 radio stations. I'm broadcast across America at six in the morning for an hour and then at three in the afternoon for an hour on, on America's Voice Television, which is on Roku and all the all the different streaming services. I don't know if they all are, to be honest with you, Scott, but we're all over. Uh, and Flatline Film had more than 2 million viewings within the first uh, couple of weeks it was out. So a lot of people have seen it, but everybody needs to see this because, again, when do you think about the hospital if you don't work there? And it's when you need it. And all of a sudden you realize it's not there. And that's just, I mean, that can be the difference between life and death, a good life and a bad one. Because one other thing I should say here, Scott, when the community loses a hospital like Kenna, Missouri, they want to bring in industry to help that town of 12,000 people. Well, no industry is going to set up shop. They say, what do you have for health care? Uh, well, we don't have anything. They look to the next town that does have a hospital. I mean, the, the domino effect and the damage to a community is generational from where I stand. 
No, it's very much the end of a community when it loses its hospital. You know, there, there was an old statement that in Europe, every town had a church. In the U.S. at one point, every town had a hospital. And it's not that every single small town needs a hospital, but the point is it really is the lifeblood of so many communities. It's the biggest employer in so many communities. It's the biggest provider in so many communities. And if you don't have a hospital, as you're, you're, as you're saying, people can't really live there or at least – not and 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 not have and they don't they just don't have access to the right kind of health care. Right. So you can't grow a town. You can't grow an economic base. Can't grow a community. That's right. Yeah, and you have an aging population in America. Obviously, the baby boomers, a uh, thousand people a day, or just over now, turn sixty-five. Well, they want health care nearby. They want those sorts of things accessible. And if they're not, they move somewhere where they are accessible. I mean, Florida's not short on hospitals, but Texas right now is. You know, it just depends. You compare and contrast. I'm not, I'm not, you know, picking on Texas, but they've lost 25 hospitals. Tennessee has lost a bunch. Uh, you look around this this country, certain states have taken it worse than others, which happens. Um, but people make decisions on health care and long-term care. And like you say, nursing homes to decide where they're going to live in their golden years, if you will. So all of these things impact quality of life, the quality of a community, real estate value, all of it's tied together. And all of it comes back to that one anchor, which is health care, a hospital in a community. Steve, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I always learn a lot from speaking to you. On top of everything else, you've got this magnificent radio voice, which, which makes sense for you being a radio, you know, a radio show guy, a radio show host. Sure. Uh, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure. Thank you. God, thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.